Okay, guys, we're going to go ahead and get started. I'm going to ask that Rama come up. Um, she is our Arab Student Union board member. She currently serves as the tr uh, secretary. And she'll be starting with an introduction, and then I'll introdu uh, introduce our guests. And we'll have a, a beautiful discussion today. So thank you all for coming. And again, if you don't have your cell phone silenced, I would appreciate if you can do that. Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Assalamu alaikum. How's everyone doing? Good, good. So I hope everyone's having a great day so far. I just want to say, mashallah, thank you for, uh, for everyone who came in today. I'm very impressed of the number of people we have today. And I'm so happy to see this number of people come in. So thank you. Um, I welcome to Arab Student Union's panel discussion that's titled Inspiring Insight from Arab American Woman professional, passionate, and proud. This panel is hosted by Arab Student Union and will be led by this group of educated Arab American women who will be sharing with us some of their insights about their educational and professional journeys in their career fields. So thank you to this group of educated women for dedicating your time to be with us today. Thank you to the library staff for allowing us to host this panel and for your efforts. And I just want to thank you, the audience, for dedicating a huge amount of your time to come in today. Um, you know, whether you're here with your classmates, whether you're here with your classmates, um, a fellow ASU member, or if you were just randomly passing by and decided to join us, thank you for joining, for thank you for joining us, and we hope you will benefit and learn from it. I was asked to share a little about myself and my background. My name is Rama Diab. I am originally Palestinian. I lived in Palestine for nine years. Um, for my Arab, um, uh, in the, for my Arabs in the audience, I come from a village. I'm pretty sure probably half or most of you have heard about it. I'm from the village of Tormusaya that's located in Ramallah. I lived there for nine years, and I came to the States five years ago. So I learned Arabic as my first language and English as my second language. So I haven't really been here for that much of a time. I lived the majority of my life overseas. Um, as a result for living here in nine years, as I said, I learned in Arabic as my first language and English as, I, as my second. Um, this is my second year last semester at Marine Valley. I am majoring in elementary education, planning to pursue my bachelor's in elementary education and minoring in ESL education. Um, I'm transferring to Lewis University by next fall, inshallah. So wish me luck. Mm. Um, I still can't believe I'm graduating in May, which is less than two months away, but it passed by so fast. Um, Amrain, I'm involved in ASU, um, Arab Student Union, MSA, PTK, the Honors Program, and the Student Library Advisory Board. In addition to that, I am also a student worker here at Marine, which is amazing. It is overwhelming sometimes, but I'm truly grateful for every single opportunity I had on this campus, just such as standing here in front of you guys that I never thought would happen or expect. But, you know, here I am standing in front of you guys. So thank you, everyone, for allowing me, for giving me this opportunity. Thank you, Nina, my ASU advisor, for supporting me all the time. Um, however, I'm standing here today to represent Arab Student Union. I joined this club after I won their Arab American Academic Excellence Scholarship this year. And after I won it, I wanted to give back to this club and college by being a member of this club and so many different other clubs. So, um, so every <coughs> single opportunity I had in this club allowed me to reflect back on my leadership skills and learn so many different different skills. I was not, you know, I was expecting to be here today, as I said, but it allowed me to increase my increase my self confidence skills and my leadership skills. 
It taught me the importance of building strong connections with professional and passionate people and learn from their experiences as well. We are a club that represents all Arab students at Rain Valley. We host a variation of educational events that spread awareness of the Arab culture, such as Feast from the Middle East, where we picked a new country every month and talked about the culture and food of that country. Our goal through our events is to unify and bring all students together in a fun educational setting. Our club supports student involvement and fosters responsibility, dependability, and community service. The Arab Student Union also provides Arab students with an opportunity to maintain cultural identities, ideas, and share culture with their peers. So as I said, when I lived overseas for nine years and I came here five years ago, I wanted to be a part of where I feel like a member or like where I feel like I can belong. So I joined Arab Student Union and it was great for me because I was able to reflect back on my culture, my traditions and my food and what I learned from overseas. So without further ado, the purpose of this panel is to celebrate Arab American women, to show the diversity of the various fields that Arab American women work in, and for you, the audience, to hopefully learn and benefit from them. This could be a future career for you, and hopefully by talking with them, you'll be able to ask them questions about whatever, whatever th anything you want, and hopefully you'll be able to learn and benefit from them. Hopefully you can pick your fields of study, and it could also be a future career for you. So I would like to express this, uh, the purpose of this panel in Arabic to my Arabic speakers in the audience. So the goal of this event is the Arab American woman. The development of the Arabic women in America. The women we have with us today are a great representation of what successful Arab American women can offer to, the, to any individual. Whether you come from an educated family or not, we all have something to share with, the, with others and we all have something to offer to the public and change their views about our culture and traditions. To the surprise of many, we do not belong to the kitchen as many view us. Um, we are so powerful and educated and are all capable of building new, a new generation of educated and inspiring individuals. Therefore, I'm extremely excited for this opportunity to meet these amazing women and to be here with all of you guys um, and learn from their educational and professional fields. Thank you to the group of women for volunteering their time with us. Thank you to the library staff and thank you, the audience, for coming here today. I would now like to introduce the Assistant Dean of Assistant Dean of Learning and Rich Man College Readiness and our ASU advisor, Dr. Nina Shumandajin. Thank you all. Thank you, Rama. Rama's graduating, but I think um, she'll be back soon to visit us. Uh, after graduation, a lot of our alums come back, and I think that she'll probably be back on a panel discussion similar to this in the future as well. We're, we're very, very proud of her. Um, as Rama mentioned, I'm the advisor to the Arab Student Union. Um, I do that as a volunteer here on campus, and I've been the advisor for about nine years. It's been a great journey. You saw some of the pictures from some of the previous events that we've held. Um, and before we get started, I just want to say a little bit about why we felt that this was so important. It is Women's History Month, but we should celebrate women throughout the year, right? It's not just during one month or one day. And as the Arab Student Union, um, part of the job that the students have on campus is to educate the public, our community, our staff, our students, about not just the culture 
um, and some of the issues that are happening in the community and how those issues are combated, but also to celebrate um, the successful people in our community and um, for them to come back and mentor and give back to our students and to create that kind of exchange and dialogue between our students and our community members. So that's what we're doing today. And many of our panelists are alumni of the college and they're, they're excited to be back um, to do that. Why do I have some pictures here of people that are not on our panel? Many of you may recognize some of these women, um, congresswomen, um, uh, activists, educators, um, professors, um, journalists, and why are they on the screen? Because these are some faces that many of you be, may be familiar with on a national level or even international level that represent Arab and Muslim women in society um, that challenge the typical stereotypes of Arab women in the West. Um, and I think what you'll find today from some of what our um, panelists are gonna be saying also challenge those stereotypes. When I think of strong women, I think about people like my mom and my sisters and my aunts and, and some of the, the friends that I have here in the audience and on the panel, but I also think about those that have the obligation and carry the responsibility on a national or international level that do interviews on TV that feel the weight of our communities every single day to represent them, so I, to represent us. So I just wanted to put that out there um, to recognize some of the strong women. And there's dozens and dozens more, but these are some familiar faces probably to many of you. Um, I also wanted to say that, you know, um, for those of you that know me and have heard some of my presentations in the past or know a little bit about my research on Arab Americans, you're aware that I, I consistently talk about the contr contributions of Arab Americans to society for generations. For over 100 years, Arab Americans have <coughs> been giving back to American society, have served in government and politics and um, the healthcare sector and the nonprofit sector. So what the women are representing today is not something new, but it's something that needs to be highlighted more and more because we don't hear these stories enough, specifically in the media or in, um, in the movies. So let's talk about our panelists. Each one of them is extremely accomplished. I have an abbreviated version of, of their bios. Um, I could sit here all day and talk about all the wonderful things that they have accomplished, but they um, represent different professional sectors. And because this is a, a college campus and we um, know some of you may be undecided or may be seeking some of the opportunities career-wise that these women already represent, we wanted to bring this expertise to you. Um, so let's talk um, first a little bit about the background of EBAT. Um, and the women are in being um, introduced in no specific order. Um, EBAT was born and raised in Jerusalem and moved to America to earn a biochemistry degree from the University of Illinois in Chicago. She obtained a senior reactor operator certification for management within a year of joining the industry. She's a professional with over 10 years of experience in chemistry, managing the regulatory world of the EPA and NRC. Wow. <laughs> Ebat's fearless, persistent, and resilient approach has caught the attention of the Exelon directors and executives. She's been honored, she's honored to have been mentored um, and guided with Exelon's fleet operations CEO, COO, David Rhodes. Um, and she's also been recognized as one of the emerging leaders from the Arab American Business and Professional Association and has um, received that Emerging Leaders Award in uh, 2018. Growing up in Jerusalem, she has uh, competed on the Palestinian National Swimming Team. And in Chicago, she's also a member of the Middle Eastern Music Ensemble, um, which performs through the University of Chicago since 2002. 
She also runs with a team named Team Palestine, which several of the women on the panel um, also run with, and including um, her races of half marathons and full marathons, she works hard to bring awareness um, to the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. She's also a strong member of the Women in Nuclear and North American Young Generation and Nuclear Organizations, and currently she's also the lead for diversity and inclusion um, the Dur Diversity and Inclusion Council and the Environmental Action Committee at LaSalle. So a little bit about IBAT. Let me tell you a little bit about Nahida Sayed. This is not the first time she's um, been on campus for a panel last year. She was here for a, a panel called Leadership and Law. So welcome back, Nahida. Nahida is a prosecutor with the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. Hopefully none of you know her from <laughs> being in the courthouse. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, let's keep it that way. <laughs> she began her career in law as a clerk for a criminal defense firm and then worked in environmental law as an attorney. She graduated from the John Marshall Law School and began a career with the state's attorney's office. Nahida has worked in every area of criminal and traffic law. Currently, she works as a felony trial attorney. She litigates every day in court on behalf of victims, prosecuting cases on behalf of the people of the state of Illinois. She's currently assigned to the largest volume courtroom in Cook County. We kidnapped her from there today. That's why she's able to be with us. So thank you for taking the time out. Um, I'm sure it's nice to have a little break from court. She also serves as the diversity committee, on the diversity committee for the state's attorney's office, where she sits on the board and works with the Department of Justice in providing educational training regarding Arab and Muslim cultural awareness. She's very involved in community service, um, assists in various organizations um, in the Arab community on behalf of the state's attorney's office. She has served as a mentor, and um, as it says here at, at the bottom of her bio, if you ask her what her biggest passion in life is, it would be um, her three-year-old twins. So her hands are full. <laughs> Suzanne. Suzanne is uh, in the education sector, and Suzanne Amra has over a decade of experience leading innovative change in K-12 education and has a deep personal and professional commitment to Chicago's inner city communities. As an assistant principal, Suzanne has led her school in earning the highest level of academic rating. Her work in STEM education is recognized both nationally and internationally. Her devotion to increasing STEM education in areas within underrepresented populations has helped her institution to be selected as a school that Mayor Rahm Emanuel recently named as a recipient of a $32 million grant to fund their wall-to-wall -wall STEM program focus. She has been honored for her work by various organizations, including the City of Chicago, Code.org, um, and Vista Equity Partners. She began her college path at Marine Valley Community College and holds a bachelor's degree in English and secondary education from Governor State University and a master's of arts degree in education administration from Concordia University. We also have Dr. Lena Hussein with us today. She's a pharmacist um, and manages the pharmacy, a pharmacy um, that we all know, Walgreens. Um, during her 17 years with the company, she worked her way through the pharmacy, starting out with a as a pharmacy intern, and upon graduating with her doctorate degree, was hired on as a pharmacist. 
She received her doctorate degree from St. Louis College of Pharmacy in Missouri. She's done community outreach with the elderly, local churches and mosques, fire departments, and police stations. She also works with the um, community regarding medical uh, medication safety and management, vaccinations, and the role of a community pharmacist. She has also even traveled to Palestine to help open, reopen a clinic in her own town, um, the town of her parents and grandparents. And currently she serves as the vice president of the Petunia Club, runs for Team Palestine for PCRF as well. And she's married with three children ranging from ages one to eight. Also with us today we have Shadin Maali. Shadin um, works currently as a principal in Allen Austin Gaines International's architecture, engineering, and construction practice. She is involved in various aspects of the research pro process and deeply values the impact of the search, of the search business and how, excuse me, sorry, this is a mouthful. She deeply values the impact that the search business has on the candidate-client relationship. Prior to rejoining Gaines, Shadin's work experience in education, healthcare, and non-for-profit sectors helped to give her invaluable knowledge and insight into um, the unique and distinct, distinct work cultures of organizations. She focuses on building relationships in her professional life as well as in the community and has and believes strongly in her um, serving, serving her clients' needs. She has received her Bachelor of Arts degree from uh, from University of Illinois Chicago and um, the in the topic of organizational psychology. She's also the member of several organizations and committees in Chicago. Um, and she also has run various marathons with um, PCRF for PCRF through Team Palestine, raising funds for the children's nonprofit organization. She's the mom of two and um, lives in Orland Park. Sorry, I'm going through this so quickly, you guys, but we want to get to the meat and potatoes of today's discussion, which is hearing from our speakers. But I do think it's important that we give them a proper welcome. Reem Ali. Reem just got off a plane from Palestine a few days ago. She's probably still um, a little bit <laughs> tired, a little jet lagged. She's devoted her career choice for people living with mental health and people who need assistance with goals and treatment plans outlined by therapists. Her education includes being an alum of Moraine Valley Community College, a Bachelor's of Science in Clinical Psychology um, with honors from St. Xavier University and a Master of Arts degree in Counseling, specializing in forensic psychology um, with honors from Adler University. She comes from a big family. I think many of us Arab women do <laughs> um, come from big families. And she was also the first girl to finish with her Master's degree within her immediate family. Also um, a member of Team Palestine for PCRF. She just returned from running in um, Bethlehem. And she loves travel and volunteering. She's currently an intake clinical counselor um, for individuals at Streamwood Behavioral Healthcare. And she thanks Moraine Valley um, for the successful path that she's walking in today. Um, so thank you, Reem, for coming back. So. Let's now talk to our ladies on the panel. We know a little bit about them and their background. Um, and you know, one thing that I, I was interested in hearing from you today is if you could just tell us a little bit about why you decided on this career path. Um, what are some things that inspired you 
um, and any advice that you would give to audience members that are interested in such a career path. Um, and if uh, you want, you can respond. If you'd like, you can pass um, on the questions that are asked. But if you could each um, tell us a little bit about why you chose your career path, any advice that you would give to someone interested in this career path, and then what are some things that inspired your choice in, in your career path, okay? tell you a little bit about why I decided to become a prosecutor. Um, I first and foremost wanted to become a judge since I was uh, when I was a little girl I remember uh, telling my mom I was around the age eight or nine and I was watching a court I was watching court TV it was um, judge Wapner and I do remember uh, telling my mom how much I loved watching the show. And my mom would tell me, you know, you watch this show all the time. And I go, Mom, I love this guy. She's like, oh, yeah, Ibanez, you know, which means you should be embarrassed by saying that about some guy on TV. And I said, well, Mom, you know, he helps all these people. And they come to him with their problems, and they walk away with a solution. Uh, so I thought I wanted to be a judge from the time I was that young. Um, and so I decided to go in the career of law, knowing I had to be a lawyer at first. So it's always been a dream of mine to, that's been my ambition in life. But it always stemmed from wanting to help someone else. I felt like as a young girl, uh, I always felt more confident to uh, talk on behalf of someone else and try to encourage someone else in the right path. And if they wanted a voice, I was always that voice for them. And I always felt... I felt more comfortable talking on behalf of somebody else and trying to support someone and helping them. And I loved that feeling of helping another person. And it came about even more, more so when I started working as a prosecutor. I work hand in hand with victims and talk to the witnesses and I see how much work goes into trying to resolve a case which brings closure to a lot of victims on cases. And I provide a service to the community as, as a whole. So I think that was what drove me into my, the career I'm in. Um, I can go next. I actually, um, as Nina had mentioned, I'm an assistant principal um, at an elementary school. And I started out um, my career at um, actually at Inglewood High School. So it, it was, it's a, an inner city um, high school that has a, a very high um, crime rate. And so I know everyone always thought that I was crazy going into that neighborhood. But the reason why I went into that neighborhood is the reason why I wanted to be a teacher, and that was because I wanted to, I, w I was always an advocate for change. So I wanted to be able to change and make a difference in the lives of, um, of kids who struggled and in, in a community that really needed it. So, um, so that was definitely one of the reasons why I went into education. Um, I also, um, I also just, you know, really just wanted to, to, I had this vision for certain communities and, um, for certain students, and I just I knew that being in that neighborhood and being in those areas was something that that I can actually make a difference with. So I know it's kind of cliche wanting to make a difference, but it's something that I always had a passion for. So going into education, I thought was um, the w best way to do that. Um, so I I just um, I just always thought that it was important to be able to do something like that. Um, and I think the the next question was. 
um, advice that I would give is, and I always do give this advice to, um, to our youth, is to never be comfortable with um, where you are, to always push for more, to have a vision and always push through it because we tend to get a little bit comfortable and, um, and settle, but I think that if we, if we just keep a clear vision in our mind of our goals and where we want to go, um, that, that it allows our, us to, to drive ourselves and to, um, to just kind of keep on pushing and, and to, to make strides in this world. So I'm a little different. Um, the I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I actually wanted to do politics and government. And I excelled in chemistry and sciences in high school. I really worked hard. I'm not a very good test taker, standardized test taker. So um, I had to work my butt off to <laughs> excel in the, in the classroom. Um, and then I pushed myself so much that I ended up taking summer courses at Moraine Valley to to further my education in high school to get to where I'm at. Um, I, like I said, I excelled in the chemistry, so I knew that. Um, but I really liked politics and government, and my government teacher said, Lena, no, pharmacy is where you should go, and that's why I chose pharmacy, to be honest. Um, my friends and I always discuss what made us do it, but again, it was just something that fell into my lap. I'm glad it's here. I'm glad I've been doing it for the last 17 years of my life. Um, advice I would give to students right now is just follow a, a passion. You may not see your pathway in the beginning, but it will open up for you. Um, I recommend like if you are thinking about pharmacy in particular, that there's so many different umbrellas. I do work at Walgreens, I love my retail setting, but there's so many different aspects into pharmacy that you guys, you know, we'll get into that discussion in a little bit, but there's so many different avenues of pharmacy that you don't even probably think of that, that pharmacists are involved in, so. Hi, everybody. I'm uh, Shadin Maadi, and um, principal at Gaines International, Alan Austin, is um, principal role is a glamorized word for a recruiter, basically is what I am. So um, I've done a lot of community service, um, you know, in our, in our community, network with people constantly. And um, I try to be a bridge builder, builder in my own community and a bridge builder with mainstream. And I find that recruitment is, is takes on that same kind of role. And um, when I first started, uh, that was about over 20 years ago, I, I um, actually my, I got my associate's degree from Moraine Valley Community College and um, I was an academic advisor while I was going to school here for um, a couple of years. And um, I find that that, that kind of, um, uh, you know, I, I advocated for, for the students here um, from, from the standpoint of, of telling them what cl classes they needed to take in order to transfer to various universities. And, um, and then I continued that, that advocacy for my clients as a recruiter, for my, um, uh, for my company, um, and we, I did a lot of relationship building from, from that standpoint. So I was really, um, uh, it was the perfect job for me because it, it's advocacy. And as an Arab American, as a Palestinian American, we're always advocating for something, whether it's our human rights, you know, the people back home, or um, as, as, as individuals and as active members of, of society. Um, uh, trying to give back to our community. So recruitment and, and relationship building is, is the same thing. It's, it's really the, the, this, the, the same thing. That's what you do on a daily basis in your daily lives in connecting clients and candidates and, and building a, s a strong 
um, uh, community as well. So I'm Dean. Um, I started my career pretty, it hasn't been that many years. So it started with me actually attending Marine Valley and I wanted to be a teacher. Um, it was because of the poor decision making that my career, my uh, school counselors and my teachers made for me. Uh, they kind of held me back with my career and my education. Um, they always told me that, oh no, you're doing great in, in school and that you don't need to go up a class and you don't need to try new things and you're kind of you're doing great with where you are and let's just see where that takes you um, not until my senior year where um, they made the mistake of actually pulling me in in higher classes and um, I was in all honors and I was doing great for the good first month um, and then I get pulled like to come down to meet my counselor and she tells me that oh you've been mistakenly put in all your classes um, you're not supposed to be in any of these honor classes, but I was getting 100% literally in all of them. Um, and then they were like, okay, you know, um, we have to get approval from all the teachers to say you deserve to be here. And all of them were like raving, saying, yeah, of course, why would we even consider it? Um, so with that poor decision making um, was a strong reason why I wanted to be, make a difference in mankind and make a brighter future for kids that couldn't speak for themselves and obviously we don't know it at such a young age where we deserve to be and so that was something that I really wanted to advocate for um, and then I attended Marine Valley and I started meeting people that struggled with um, some of what life had to come their way and the outcomes that they had the, the major decisions that they had to make at such a young age um, and then I started meeting with individuals that suffered from abuse uh, poverty um, whether it was they were raped at a young age or um, their families kicked them out. Um, I got to hear their stories and their sufferings and um, I always had psychology as my minor and um, I found myself being more passionate with that and it, it came very easily to me. Um, and so I kind of made the switch my junior year. Um, my career path isn't the easiest and it's not the typical. Um, I work at a psych ward at Streamit and um, it's not the norm um, and as soon as I tell somebody they get very scared of me as if I'm reading their mind I get that all the time um, and it's not like that at all um, it is a, a career path that's a little bit of a scaring and daunting for some people but I I don't see it I don't see it as that I see that society deems it fit and a lot of people tell me parents counselors teachers individuals that I met um, that kind of held me back and I just want to push that that boundary that everyone told me that I can't push. Um, and so my my um, my recommendations for you guys is to kind of see that dream and go out there and, and achieve it as you best can, whether anyone says that they're not there for you or you just kind of um, take that recommendations from other people and just push it as, as hard as you can. Thank you. Hello. Um, I skipped a little bit just because I know my story is a little bit different. And if Reem's career is scary, uh, mine is a little bit more scary when I say what I do. I work at a nuclear plant. I'm an environmentalist. My career started by chance. So similar to Lena, I did not plan to get into nuclear field. Um, but I'll give you a little bit background. I was born and raised in Jerusalem, as um, Nina had stated. And I had no idea I'm going to be in America one day. I finished high school at the age of 18, took all my classes in Arabic, science, chemistry, biology, and I moved over here 
for college, but the circumstances, we had an uprising and I knew that I'm not gonna be able to finish university there on time, or you know, considering that my parents were all about education. So we moved to this country and uh, that's where everything started. And I registered at Loyola University and then first class in chemistry was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Can you translate something? So I knew that I had to start start kind of from the beginning, really fresh start, everything, new culture, and I didn't know Arabs here at the time. So I transferred to community college and it was one of the Chicago community colleges and that's where I was, you know, learning with and you know the teachers, more one-on-one -on -one smaller classes where it's like, okay, I'm in calculus class, they tell me absolute value. What's absolute value? Would you mind drawing it? At least I would know that. So that's how my, you know, um, story starts and I always loved sciences and the, the path of every, you know, Arab family, you're either a lawyer or, an er or a doctor or an engineer. So I, I, I didn't have any passion for all of that, but medical field sounded interesting. So I started pursuing that and going into biochemistry. Then I'm like, that's, that's too long. I don't want to spend my life in school. So I, I always loved chemistry and somehow, you know, I ended up in an environmental um, lab and chemistry and titration and all that fun stuff and you see different colors. So my career started there until uh, one day I was contacted by LinkedIn, so I'm not promoting or marketing, but I think it's a great professional tool to use. I was um, kind of found on LinkedIn by Exelon Corporation, and I'll tell you more about it. It's basically the back end of ComEd. Before you, know, you get electricity at your home to charge your phones, there's a way that we're generating that power. And that genera power generation is multiple plants, whether they're nuclear or coal or whatever type of plants, that they generate that power. So at Exelon, and specifically at my site, it's called LaSalle Nuclear Power Station, is where we generate the power in, in a reactor that's built through um, uranium pellets. So uranium does some fission, fission creates heat, heat you know, gives us electricity, and I could get into the science of that, but um, that's how my career started, and it's really by chance. And my one advice I would tell everybody, it's okay not to know. It's okay not to know where you're gonna end up. Be okay with how life kind of flows. Be good at what you're doing right now. And my second advice would be is starting your life, similar to the panelist over here, is you either had a passion when you first started, like it early on when you were young, you're like, this is what I wanna do. So you had a passion and you went after that passion. Or you had a specific mission. I wanna help people, I just wanna help people, I don't know how but that's my mission. So I advise you those two things, is follow your passion or follow the mission that you feel in your heart, and the other one is be, it's okay not to know, and it's okay about that. Those are my two advices. Thank you, Lena. Thank you so much. Well, great advice, inspiring stories. Um, we're learning that sometimes by chance you end up where you end up, right? Either in a pharmacist, as a pharmacist, or as a chemist. So let's talk a little bit about, since it is a panel of Arab American women and ASU, the Arab Student Union is hosting, about how your Arab heritage may have influenced, um, <coughs> not necessarily maybe your career path, but it could have been some of the things that you do in the community. Um, what are some lessons maybe that you were taught, you know, growing up? I think some of, you know, what's been instilled within us from when we're young children inspires where we end up today or in the future. So if you could each touch on that topic briefly, 
Um, again, how is your Arab heritage inspired where you are today? And then also as a kind of a second piece, if you've had any challenges um, as Arab women or specifically um, related to you know, struggles you may have had in the workplace or whatever um, as well, if you wanna kind of mention something about that, you're welcome to, if not, no biggie. Um, but as ambassadors for the community every day in your workplace, um, you know, you are representing the community. Um, that's something that happens by default. You know, we end up representing a community of people as individuals. So if you can um, talk a little bit about that, um, each one of you briefly, thank you. I can go first with that one. Um, first off, I grew up on the south side of Chicago in Orland Park my entire life. I luckily did not have a lot of struggles, nor did I, if I did have struggles, I never let them affect me as an Arab American. Um, what inspired me to become who I was, I ended up going away to school. I went to Missouri, a, a completely different state, and that's unheard of for Arabs, especially Arab women. Um, my brothers, my sister got her, at, she's in education, and, and she went to a local college. Um, my two brothers were allowed to go out of state. One's a pharmacist, one's a doctor. So when it came to me being the youngest of four children, it was absolutely a no. And like I stated, I'm not a great test taker, and I actually got accepted into the St. Louis College of Pharmacy, which is a six-year program straight out of high school. You don't have to take the PCATs, which is the standardized test to get into pharmacy school. So we basically, my parents had this discussion, and they said absolutely not. Um, I, I brought it up to them and stated that, you know, what if I don't get into pharmacy school after going two years and, and getting um, my associate's degree? And basically that, you know, my parents are now affecting my future. And my dad looked at my mom, and my mom looked at my dad, and, and they said, you know what, we can't do this to her, and we're going to allow her to go. <laughs> Little emotional, sorry guys. I promised my parents that after two years, I would come back. And after two years, I, pr I took the PCAT, and they looked at me, and they said, you're settled, you have a family out there, and you have friends out there, and you are okay. And so I made it my mission as an Arab American, as a Muslim, to make sure that I represented the college and represented myself. I was only one of two Arab students in the entire College of Pharmacy. I just went back for my 10-year reunion, and it's full of people who wear hijab. I just started wearing hijab a couple years ago. So it's full of people who wear hijab, who represent Islam, who represent our culture, and I was floored and shocked as how far my college has grown with Middle Eastern students. We had an international club there. I was the only Middle Eastern student doing dances, and they kept telling me, well, just join India, just join Pakistan. And I'm like, that's fine, but I'm Palestinian, um, which we're slightly different. You know, we are a different co uh, country, but they just did not understand. And every year, I was the only individual representing the entire Middle East, and I made it my mission to let people know where Palestine was, what Muslims were, I showed them about Ramadan and fasting, and that was my mission. That was my mission to make it okay for people to have Middle Easterns, and that's when 9-11 happened in 2001. I started college in 2000. So educating people about who we are, especially during 9-11, it was a very, very scary time. Um, people, in my Indian friends were getting yanked off of trains and, and ridiculed for, I know I'm going on tangent, but were being ridiculed and they weren't even Middle Eastern, they weren't even Muslim. So for me to be there to educate them as to who we were, 
that's what kind of made me the person I am because I always had to show the community who we were. And I never looked at myself as different. I always thought I was American, and I, I know I'm American, but I never had that chip on my shoulder that I have to do something. And I, and I really want to put that out to you guys. Don't have that chip on your shoulder. Be assimilated into this community because we are American. We are Arabs, but we are American. So don't let that be a factor to push you down. That should just be something extra to help you guys succeed. I think I can kind of piggyback off of um, off of Lena um, when she speaks of representation. Um, I think that as a as Palestinian Americans, you know, we, Palestinians are very proud people, right? Like we're very proud of who we are. We're very proud of what our heritage um, is. We're proud of our culture. But I think that there is a part of us um, growing up in this society is that we always feel like we have to show everybody who we are, and we always feel like we have to explain who we are. Um, and I, I think I, I got to a point where. Um, I got to the point where I was just unapologetic of who I was, and I became very proud of being Palestinian. So um, one of the ways that my heritage has really, really influenced me is, um, one, I come from a very strong line of women in my family, so I have no choice but to be but to be proud and strong of who we are. I don't know if anyone is familiar with the town of Beit Hanina, but, um, <laughs> but my mom is from Beit Hanina, and that's, it's, it's something that's very... Um, you know the women in Vietnam are very strong, and they they really they really are an excellent example of um, of what our heritage is. Our heritage um, celebrates women. Our culture celebrates women. Our religion celebrates women, and that's something um, that's something that we feel like like we need to do on a daily basis, and something that we need to teach our kids, and something that I teach the students in our school and, and my colleagues around me is that, you know, my heritage is very, very important to me and everywhere I go, you know, it, it plays a large role in who I am. It plays a large role in being a leader in education. It plays a large role of just paving the path. Um, and, and again, because, you know, it's something that we always feel like we have to show everybody and prove to everybody is, is we are who we are, you know, and we're here to stay and, and, and we're very, very strong and, and proud of it. Um, so I would say I never, I, I take those words that Lena said very truthful because I never felt that being a Palestinian woman was ever a chip on my shoulder. I was a proud child growing up learning about my heritage from my parents because I'm uh, first generation here. Um, my, both my parents were refugees of the 67 war um, between Palestine and Israel. Um, I loved who I loved my background. I love being Palestinian. I always thought of myself as American because I am American. Um, I just loved telling people who I was and it was just a part of me that I felt was a color. It was color. It was, it was something amazing and it was something great when I saw was able to tell someone about my background that didn't have any knowledge about and thought it was inspiring or thought it was something amazing to hear and I thought that was great because that's just who I am and someone else was enlightened by it. Till this day I still do that. I do it as, um, as an attorney. Uh, we have Ramadan Iftar uh, um, in the state's attorney's office and my colleagues all enjoy learning about our background and enjoy learning about me. Until this day, I did it in high school, I did it in college, so I never felt like it was a chip. I just felt like it was my identity 
Um, and I would say be proud of who you are and never feel like you have to um, be apologetic or that you have to explain who you are. D it, let people know who you are and be proud of it. Um, and, um, and I would say the lesson I learned was that every time I was open about who I was, um, where I come from, and, um, and what I do, and my, tr you know, traditionally what we do as Palestinians, Middle Eastern people, I, my, the lesson I learned is people are accepting as long as they learn, and there are so many people willing to, to hear you out, and don't let the negativity um, mute you, you know, be vocal. Um, and then as far as challenges, um, I know there are people who, there's intolerance, and I would say the intolerance comes from ignorance. So the more you are vocal and proud of who you are, the more you're going to dissuade those type of ideologies, those type of, uh, those ideas that people have about what a Middle Eastern woman or how she should be acting um, from both spectrums, from the Western culture and also from our traditional background. So just be true to yourself, be proud of who you are and unapologetic. To continue on what um, these lovely ladies said here, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself from the standpoint of my mother. Um, my mom was a newscaster in Jordan. Uh, she was disabled. She had polio when she was two or two years old. Um, she did not ever let that stop her from getting involved in, in uh, being a pioneer in, in the media industry. She let that drive her to be a strong, independent woman. She's had 13 operations uh, when she was a child to correct her gait. Um, and uh, she emphasized to me the importance of the role of Arab American women in today's society, that as uh, we're depicted many times so negatively in the media, we're shown as uh, weak, as passive, as oppressed, but in reality, it's the opposite. Especially Palestinian women, we're very resilient. We, um, we built up our communities. We are the reason why, um, you know, our, our, our resilience and, and, and the fact that our advocacy for, for our human rights continues and, and it carries over to our Arab American communities here, not just back in Palestine. Um, so my mother emphasized to me from a young age to continue that legacy. My uncles as well, they're very involved in the media. They produce and they distribute films here in Orland Park. Um, and they're, they're, very, they're very good at what they do and they've made a name for themselves. Uh, the media is key, you know, the media is key and it's all about presenting showing the reality of, of what we are truly here in, in the Arab American community, not what we're portrayed as a, a lot of times in the media. Um, so, you know, the, the advice um, that, that I have for people like, you know, to tie this back to my profession, um, is, is it's all about bridge building and, and representing various areas of, of our professional life to show that here we are, Arab American women, we're strong, we, we, um, we're good at what we do, we're good in, in our professions, 
and and that's so to, to continue on and to to be strong and to represent in the best possible way is uh, is really what we do on a daily basis um, in our in our everyday lives thank you um, okay so mine kind of goes back and forth um, growing up I was born here and I was born in Buffalo, New York. Um, I kind of lived a little bit of everywhere. I went anywhere from um, North Carolina. I've lived in back home in Palestine. I lived there for about three years. Um, and then I came back to Buffalo, New York. And then I came back to Chicago. And we've been here ever since. Um, when I was younger, it was a bit challenging in the sense of I come from a family that doesn't really understand education as much as they think they do. Um, my dad was the only one on in, in his side that got his associate's degree. None of my uncles, no, no one, and they even when he was getting his, his mom and dad were like, no, you don't really need it. Um, but he, my parents always pursued us to want things that they never had the chance to do. And they pushed us in the sense of um, anything is capable, but then they also are afraid as well because they're taught to be afraid. They were taught to not go out and achieve things that aren't typically the norm or what society back then deemed fit. Um, so my mom never had the chance to go to school, um, and so she made sure that all of her daughters had that chance before they got married. Or um, if they wanted to get married, they just made sure that they knew that the family they were marrying into, that this is 100% uh, this is needs to be done. Um, so I lived back home from first to third grade, um, and it kind of impacted me in the sense of um, my grammar is not the best, my spelling is terrible. Um, until now, I find ways to kind of overcome them. So when I was going to school, I was put in ESL just for my reading comprehension skills. Um, so test taking is not the best. And um, it impacted me because people kept holding me back for that. And they wouldn't push me to say that you can do anything humanly possible. And I never saw myself to be different, as everyone said. like It wasn't something that just kind of everyone looks at you differently. I have no accent. Um, everyone kind of thinks I'm a convert um, and that I'm from Italy and it just kind of makes me laugh. Um, but until I put on the scarf is when I kind of start seeing the difference. Um, I was always told that I can't really do much or I need to be very cautious of how I've seen by people. So um, at a young age, I, as going back to my comprehension skills, it was very poor. Um, I never was able to even talk about it. I was very much of an introvert, and people that know me now kind of laugh if I say that, because I was incredibly shy, and I'm, I'm not that anymore. Um, it's still rooted in me, but I push myself to try to push that boundaries and not let that um, take control of me. Um, I had difficulties and simple things in life where just going to get an eye exam was difficult because I would say I don't understand the letters, and they thought I just couldn't see it. But I didn't know the alphabet till I was about in fifth grade. I didn't comprehensively read very well until I got into like high school. Um, and my heritage kind of pushed me back to in the sense of my family was growing up to be everything. You have to be very careful how you're seen. And it's not wrong. Um, but I'm now pretty upspoken for myself um, based on all my family. Um, they're very proud, but they're also very scared, even when it came to publicly running a marathon was something that wasn't deemed fit. And um, my mom, even just this past one, the was like, you have to be very careful. 
and she wasn't wrong. Um, I got a lot of people that weren't very happy about it, but at the same time, society has changed in the sense of that's okay to go out and wear a scarf and do things that are active. Um, I didn't have the chance to do that when I was younger, but I'm glad to be able to speak up for women, and I didn't see that until I started going to high school and wearing the scarf that I am a representation for many people, and whether I like it or not, I am representing more than just myself, and I take that with great accomplishment, and I'm proud to even just be here today and have the ability to do this. All right, I'm gonna keep it in short. So she asked a question about what inspired you. I am a Palestinian ambassador in this country every step of the way, whatever I do. That's my title, whether you see it or not, this is who I am. At work, I have to represent myself, I'm the ambassador. How can I represent it best? In running a marathon, same thing. In here, how can I represent that? So I see myself as the Palestinian ambassador uh, in anything that I, that I do. And just the word Palestinian, I think our strength is not in our muscles, our strength is the mental strength. We are so mentally strong that we're capable to be courageous, we're able to be persistent, we're able to be resilient, we have enough knowledge, we seek to understand, like, why are you treating me like this? Why do you look at me like this when I'm wearing a scarf? Why this and this and that? And educate people around us about who we are. We're not different, we're all human, we're all one. Just because I had to live through that, it doesn't mean that, you know, I have to be mistreated. So I come with all of that under the word ambassador, and I try to live that every day. I'm gonna s bring positivity and change the views that the media put out there you know, about my, my country, about my people, about my heritage, about my traditions. So that's the answer to the first question. The second question is what were the challenges? It's four numbers. 2001, that's when I moved here, and you know the rest. I moved exactly in July of 2001. September 11th happened just two months after. So a lot of things I had to build even extra strength to to show who I am, to even be, to, to, I had to ask people like, you know, to slow down when they're speaking English, to repeat something. I knew English from grade one and you know, I, I, that's a blessing because you know, back home they teach us multiple languages and, and they push us to be very strong at it. And the education system is very, very well. But you still like people, I, I, was, I learned British English, not American English. So some of the challenges, just all fall under 2001. How are you gonna just exist in a society that's all different? So those are my, my two answers. <laughs> Thank you so much. I could sit here and listen to you guys all day. Everybody's so enthralled in, in the responses, so thank you. Um, we're running out of time, so I wanna try to get this question in and then maybe open it up for a couple of questions from the audience. If you can just um, share with us, I know a lot of you alluded to some of the community service that you do. I talked a little bit about it in the, um, you know, in the bios, you know, you have your education that got you to where you are today. You have your professional careers, but some of you are moms, some of you are doing community service, some of you sing in an ensemble, you're running marathons. So your whole identity is not wrapped up just in your career or just you know being a mom, a daughter, a wife, a sister, um, an aunt, a niece, so on. Tell us a little bit about some of the things you do um, on your own time, 
community service-wise, some of the things that you might like to do, um, you know, just for fun. Um, Eba, you know, you sing. How did you get into that? You came here in 2001, and in 2002, you joined an ensemble with University of Chicago. She has a beautiful voice, by the way. I won't make you sing today, but maybe mm -hmm. for another event. Um, you're so many of the women up here run marathons, which I will probably never do in my lifetime. I'm okay with saying that. My husband has run a few with the, with these ladies, and he's he's clocked the miles for us in our household. But tell us what got you into that. You're doing advocacy work. You're doing outreach in the community. You're working in the inner city school. So tell us a little bit about the community work, the extracurricular stuff. Um, what got you know quickly? What got you into that? Um, and why is that important as women to also have that outlet? I'll start on that one. So I'll go back. I'm an ambassador, and I'm going to fill in every single area, hobby, capability that I can to share who I am and share my voice in those aspects that I can introduce the culture and the heritage to these different people and these diff diversity of people. And I don't just look at diversity. I look at the inclusion, too. So you got to find people that you want to be included. We are different, but we want to be included. So um, through my voice by singing, I, I sing and people love, the vo love my voice or, or, or attend these ensembles, and it's a 50 ensemble at University of Chicago, and they love listening to that. Some people, they're music-driven. Some people, they're just curious. So that's one of the things that I do. Um, another, um, so, so that's the reason why, but you know, the, the things that you know, drive me, again, it's, it's the being an ambassador and represent by including myself and understanding others and their diversity and making sure that they they learn about me as much as I want to learn about their diversity too. Oh, I only sing Arabic classical Arabic music, so um, I don't think my vocal cords can do English or American music, but uh, I only sing sing Arabic classical Arabic um, music. But that's one of the things that I do. I'll, I'll you know just for fun, let's call it. Um, I run. I think that was you know harped on enough that you know I run and, and I don't run for myself. I run for children. I try to raise the money for the children to get you know the medical needs that they um, the medical that they need. So at that point when you know they tell you in a marathon you hit a wall that w that mental strength is what carries me my muscles don't carry me you know maybe my heart continues to beat and if my heart rate is so you know uh, high but but all of that mental strength is what carries me through and i keep remembering i am representing i am an ambassador so i'll just leave you with that word you know and um, thank you So some things I do on my own time for fun. Um, so uh, I'm, I imagine a lot of you here come from very big families. I come from a big family. I'm one of six. Uh, I've got two sisters and three brothers. Uh, my uh, husband's also one of six. He's got five sisters. He's the only boy. Um, so I would say m number one, what I do for fun, I spend a lot of time with family. Uh, we and I think you all could appreciate when you get a lot of Middle, e Middle Eastern people in one room. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be some music. There's going to be food, you know. And there's obviously going to be a lot of fun. Um, my other hobby is, as uh, Nina stated, I am a mom of twins. I've got three-year-old, one boy, one girl. They are my whole life. I do this. This is my career, but my life is my family. 
Uh, I love my children, and they're at that age where their personalities have come to life. It's pretty amazing, um, and it could be challenging. But as that, I learned there was a lot of challenges becoming a mom of twins. Uh, I got a lot of support from other twin moms and multiples, you know, moms who had triplets. Um, there's an organization out there, it's called Clusters, it's Moms of Multiples. I got involved with them, and so through that, uh, on my free time, we do a lot of philanthropic, which means we do a lot of community service. There are new moms who need the help. Sometimes um, we'll go watch the kids while the mom could go take a shower, um, bring some food, because uh, it could be very challenging, and just giving advice, even um, becoming friends on social media and giving advice, like how do I put two kids to bed so I could sleep too? <laughs> um, the other thing I do um, on my free time, I teach uh, police officers, investigators, attorneys, advocates, firefighters, all types of first responders. I am, uh, I've been vetted by the Department of Justice and I do a special training uh, for, um, for those type of uh, people in those professions on the Arab American Muslim culture. Um, and you could imagine the challenges they face going into uh, intense situations and things that, and, and something I alluded to before, a lot of ignorance comes from, uh, a lot of intolerance comes from ignorance. And when uh, others learn why we have a specific, what our culture is about and why we do things, what it's, what's it symbolic of, why does it signify, why is it important to us? And it's not discriminatory against any other person. It's just important because this is how this is our heritage. This is who we are, and this is our values. Everybody has a moral compass, and I live by this moral compass. And I, I do that on my free time, and I've been doing that since 2006. Um, and uh, and I do philanthropic work, and all of that is my fun time. That's stuff I do on uh, when I'm not working, and I'd say that's what uh, some things that I do for fun. Well, there's a couple things that, that I do for fun, actually. Um, I'm a mom of four, so I am, um, I will admit that I am a soccer mom, so I'm constantly at um, soccer games, um, sometimes three, four on a weekend, so it takes up a lot of my time um, with my beautiful children. Um, but another thing that I really um, do for fun, um, or do because it, it's very rewarding, is my, um, my work for advocacy in underrepresented populations. Um, it really just uh, really drives me, um, and it drives my role as an educator because there's one thing that I always um, go by is that education really does um, can you know change an individual in so many different ways, but more importantly, it can really really transform a society, and that's something that um, that I, I love to get involved with, and I and I love to give back with because um, because I know that that is the end goal for my work, so that's what I really enjoy doing. Um, I like getting out in the community as a pharmacist, so I go to a lot of like healthcare fairs and I talk to a lot of children about what medication is and that it's not candy and not to take stuff like that. Um, I have a very supportive husband that allows me to get involved in a lot of activities. Sometimes Middle Eastern men are represented as uh, suppressors, which most of our husbands and the men in our community are very supportive of the women. So um, as Nina said, we do train for marathons. So I had a one-year-old or a baby April 1st last year. And so part of my passion and part of that release of just um, to get out of to get out of my own head is to run. So I did a lot of 4 a.m. runs before the kids woke up and a lot of midnight runs after putting um, the newborn to bed. So that's what I, I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about um, you know getting out. I, as Nina mentioned, I 
opened up a, reopened up a clinic in Palestine in my hometown of Batunia and um, instrumental in finding different um, medical supplies and um, they needed gurneys and just different things like that. So finding stuff in Palestine, it, it was actually a lot easier than I thought. So that's my passion and I hope to go back at least once every two years to um, update and, and do that clinic every couple of years. To continue on uh, to what Ibet and, and Dina said, I'm also uh, an avid runner uh, with PCRF. I've run three marathons and uh, multiple races to raise money for children in, in medical that need medical need. We bring them here or we take doctors there um, for various uh, medical concerns. Prosthetics is a big one these days. That's, uh, that's a big one. So. Um, Back five years ago is when I got involved with PCRF, and that opened the doors to so many different organizations and involvement in the community. Um, like um, the media is very important, of course, in, in, in changing the perceptions. Um, education, uh, like um, you know, Suzanne was saying, and political platform is really important. So that's something that I'm very involved in. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm running for, for the Board of Trustees here at Maureen Valley because I believe as Arab Americans, we need a voice. Um, we have a large minority population here, but we have never had a representative on the board um, in, 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 you know, in the uh, leadership ro role. So we need that, and that's why I'm running. Um, so please, um, I'd appreciate your vote April 2nd. <laughs> Um, anyway, so those are the things that I'm very passionate about. Um, I have two daughters who are 14 and, and 12 um, who are involved in orchestra and dance and choir. Um, you know, I'm constantly involved in their functions and their events. So those are the things that I'm passionate about and that uh, make me feel well-rounded as an active member of community. Um, mine's actually quite funny. So I'm like... I'm number two of seven, which means I'm always in survivor mode, which means I have to wake up at like six in the morning to try to get a hot shower. Um, I have to run downstairs before the milk all runs out. Um, I have to try to steal my favorite pair of jeans from my sister before she wears them and goes to school, because then I can't wear my favorite jeans. Um, but uh, those are just some silly things. I, I, I'm a very, my friends and family means the same to me. There's no difference. Um, which means that I take very high priority in people that are close to me. Um, I'm advocate, I'm, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm an aunt, and I'm an advocate for individuals that can't advocate for themselves, which means I love supporting people. Um, I put people before myself, and everyone says that, come on, Reem, do something that you like to do. Take me somewhere you want to do. And that's just something that's kind of hard for me to do. I always put people before me. And so once they say that, I'm like, oh, okay, then you're ready for an adventure ride because I'm going to take you on a roller coaster because I don't sit still. I'm always on the move um, in everything that I do and everything that I've been doing in my life. Um, <laughs> I just kind of want to thank you guys for being here. Um, this is, it means a lot to me, and it means a lot to me that I can stand here today and, and give this speech and even be asked to be here today. It means a lot to all of us, so thank you. 
We are going to wrap up in just a couple of minutes. I know some students, um, your class ends at 1.45, but uh, we'd love if you can stay and hang out with us if you don't have to go to your next class. And then some of the classes end a little bit later, so we understand <laughs> if you guys have to, to leave. Um, clo a closing thought from each one of you, one last little bit of advice or something that you want to give. Um, any plug, if you want, to the community um, that's here today made up of students, community members, faculty, staff, um, and friends that you would like anything that's coming up, um, events, um, community service um, t organizations that you want to plug, um, leadership opportunities for our students, um, anything like that. If you would like to, to wrap up by saying that one or two things, um, please, and then um, we'll wrap up if anybody has a question or two. Okay? You bet. Um, thank you everyone for being here. It is an honor. Thank you, Nina, for inviting me. Um, it's, it's a great honor and I'm very humbled. Um, I, I failed to mention that I'm on the board of Arab American Business Professional Association. And it's, it, there's a program in that uh, association. It's called Emerging Leaders. So if you're interested to, to, to learn more and give something back to the community through that program, please find us on, find the website and, and apply. And, if you want to talk to me personally after, I could take your information. It's a simple application through um, their online, and and we'll go through the the process, and we will have the first inauguration, you know, for you for that class is on um, May second. So application has to be coming in before that. And thank you again. Um, thank you for allowing me to speak to you today and sharing uh, my history with you. And thank you for asking me to speak. Um, I would say, you know. Um, if you're interested in working in government, uh, my biggest, uh, my, my, end, my closing remark to you is, we need representation in every level, in every field, in every, rep every particular profession, okay? So uh, we, I find it necessary to tell people, if you're interested in government, give the state's attorney's uh, office a try. Get, if you're interested, uh, there we do, there is an opening for interview if you want to come in shadow, come and talk to me. Um, you can come and see what it's like. Um, it's, uh, it's a great profession. If you're interested in any respect, um, just put yourself out there. Uh, go online to the Cook County State's Attorney's Office or even the Cook County Public Defender's Office uh, and, um, and even, you know, and just fill out some of those applications and, and put yourself out there. You never know what your future holds, especially if you're sitting today thinking, I don't know what I want to do. Um, give your, give everything a try. You never know where your passion is going to lie. Again, thank you all for for having us here. It really is a pleasure um, to. It's actually it, it's so exciting for me to come back because um, I actually took many classes here at Marine Valley. So to come back and walk into this library, I actually told Nina, I said, "Wow, a lot's changed. You guys have a cafe now." <laughs> you know, we didn't have one when we were there when we were at Marine. But um, but thank you for for inviting us back here. Um, and if there is anybody who's interested in education, um, I would love to be a resource. Um, we do have so many opportunities in education, um, so many leadership opportunities. Um, so if, it, again, I know that uh, Rama, you said that you were interested in becoming an elementary school teacher. Um, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm always accessible, um, and, I, and I would love to hear from, from you guys.
thank you again. Sorry for getting a little bit emotional on you guys. I appreciate. Do not apologize <laughs> for that. I appreciate the opportunity to come and speak. This is like my first public forum of actually speaking. Um, if anybody's interested in pharmacy, I was told once by a CEO of, I think it was Google, but I don't quote me on that, that Arabs need to hire Arabs because every other um, ethnicity does it. And I am proud to say that I do. I hire everybody. I will take anybody. But I specifically will help and open my doors to any Arabs that are looking for jobs in pharmacy. It's not a guarantee that I can get you in. But that is one of my main goals is to hire other Arabs, at least to give them a, a footstep in. And so far, I've been very successful at doing that. And I think we need to encourage each other to do more of that. Um, as well as, you know, they may not be the most qualified or the best qualified, but as long as we can train each other, um, it makes a big difference. So if you guys are ever interested in pharmacy or just the different umbrella that pharmacy has, I, I'd love to speak to you guys more about that. So thank you. Thanks, Nina, for inviting me uh, to be amongst these really lovely ladies, very accomplished ladies. Um, and I'm honored to know each and every one of them. Um, so if you have any questions about psychology, recruitment, or consulting, um, please feel free to come up and talk to me as well. I too believe that we need representation in every single profession. Um, there isn't a right place for us to be in. We just need, we, we just need to do what we love. Um, that's, that's the important thing, is to do what we love. And um, again, um, please, everybody in this room, if you um, can uh, vote for me on April 2nd so that we can have representation and uh, we, can do we can continue to work and elevate uh, this fine institution to the next level. Uh, I appreciate you listening to me. Um, I'll close off by saying everything that we all mentioned here today is to take it to heart. Um, Give yourself the chance to challenge yourself and accept something that you might be afraid of. Um, to take a moment to also support someone around you, that someone that you don't know, giving a compliment, helping someone with direction. It means a lot. There's so many people in this world that have nobody and have no sense of direction. And sometimes it's the small things of someone just stopping and saying hello that makes a difference in their lives or stops them from doing something that's going to take that away from them. Um, as you know, I am running this um, in Chicago for the children in Palestine. So if you'd like to donate, please stop me, and I'll be more than welcome to give you my URL. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Like me, I'm sure you're all very impressed with our panelists today. We're very lucky and thankful that they were able to join us. As you know, they're all professional women with work and they stepped away from their careers, their professional lives, time with their family and other obligations to be here today. And we truly do, they came all as volunteers um, to support the Arab Student Union, to support the students at Marine Valley Community College. And um, on behalf of the Arab Student Union and Marine Valley Community College, we have a, a small gift that we'd like to give each one of you. Um, and I'd like to thank our bookstore, um, the Marine Valley Bookstore for their support in, in getting these gifts together. Um, and they each have your name on them, so you can pass those down. Let's give them another round of applause. Um, I'd also like to thank uh, my colleagues who came here today, um, some of the, the staff and faculty that are here, the instructors that brought their classes, um, as well as Troy and the folks from the library for always providing a welcoming space for us to have such discussions. Um, we really, truly do appreciate it. Um, Tara, the, um, Dean of the library, 
and all of the staff and faculty are always super helpful and super supportive when we do things. Um, this event is recorded, so it, uh, Troy does post it on the library YouTube page, and so it will be available for anyone that wants to go back and review some of the material. Um, we were planning on opening for questions, but since we went a little bit over time, if you'd like to ask a question, you're welcome to approach our guests and, and speak to them um, as we close out this panel. Uh, I just wanna again say thank you um, for hosting us to the library. Thank you to each one of the panelists. I'm very thankful to call them each friends. Um, and I, they were very humble today and talking about their accomplishments, about what I see them do on a daily basis as women in our community. Um, they do much more than what they alluded to today. Um, and they're very good people and their willingness to, to help our students is a really great opportunity. So thank you to Rama for her introduction. Thank you Sada for being here from the Arab Student Union. Wasim I think is out there manning the table or he's around here somewhere. Um, Amani who's also on our board, Amani Ali, she couldn't be here today, she's working, but she is Reem's sister. Um, and then we also have um, Rania and Nayef um, who are in classes and, and couldn't get out and we don't like them to skip class even for our events. Um, but we have a great crew and uh, we wanna thank you to all the students that hosted today. Thank you all for coming.